And now, your local forecast. You are tuning in to The Forecast. My name is Infosonic and I'm joined by my co-host, Chief Street. How are we? Very well. We're actually doing something a bit different today. We've just been fumbling around for the last 10 minutes off camera and we figured out a way to live stream on YouTube using an iPad. I love it. Of all things. We're trying to get it on the phone. Eventually, we've got some pretty high-end cameras. So if you want to see the actual production, you have to wait till this episode airs. Eventually, we'll get the high-end cameras to actually go live using OBS. There's actually a way to do it. I've got all the gear on that. You just desk. need your laptop, though? Yeah. yeah. But we thought we'd wing it. Let's just try this. I'm glad we figured it out. It probably You said 10, probably 20 to take to, to figure it Look, out. Look, it was more like an hour. Um, hey, look there you go. 10 people have already jumped in. So if you are watching on YouTube and you want to ask us a question, uh, jump in. We'll answer it. Yep. And uh, if, if you don't feel like participating, just... Uh, Enjoy we get it. Run. We get it. You don't want to. You just like just from the, from the shadows. Not nah. all right. So, what are we? Uh, what are the topics today? I've got two. I've got a um, a viewer question that I received on Instagram a few weeks ago when we were off. So I want to visit that. Yep. Um, and then I also had I wanted to cover uh, listen in, which is the Adelaide uh, version of the music festival Listen Out, which is a Australian a big hip hop EDM tour had. Skrillex and a bunch of other people. Did Skrillex come to Adelaide? Yes, he did. I was pretty sad that I didn't get to go. Um, yeah, now Unfortunately, I getting old is a thing and money is a thing and mm. I just couldn't really warrant it this time around. I'm going away next week, so just couldn't yeah. couldn't do it. But um, yeah, there was a bit of controversy around that. Uh, I don't know if you know Mark Rebelay. Yes, so he does all like the looping and… Yeah, very artistic, expressive individual. Cool yeah. dude, doing cool stuff. Um, yeah. A lot of drama with his show in this city, particularly that went like onto Twitter and worldwide, and people were seeing a, a microscope into Adelaide yeah. and not enjoying it, which I think was warranted. Um, but I just want to discuss the circumstances around it and see what you think. Okay. Because I have a certain belief of whose fault it is. And I just wonder if you mimic. See, I don't those. know much about it. I did see right. something pop up. So let's just start. Um, Let's go to the – and then I've, I've got something to chat about afterwards. Yeah, no worries. Time. So for Listen In, yep. the Australian festival is called Listen Out and that is a bigger lineup and it goes to the bigger cities. But we get Listen In, which is a one-day uh, – I mean, uh, sorry, I think they all are one day, but is a, a shorter time with limited artists. Yep. I guess they can't afford to do the big, you know, 20-man, two stages in Adelaide. So they condense the lineup and they put on a one-night thing. So our, our lineup was uh, Skrillex – Lil Uzi Vert, Ice Spice, Mark Rabelais. I'm not too certain about these other people, but Artie, Friction, and a couple of locals and stuff. So uh, no offense to anyone I don't know on that lineup. I'm sure everyone's great. But um, what happened is that Mark Rabelais pretty much got booed off stage. Why? So what I think is the... So well, the problem is, is the set times. He was playing... Sorry, I've got him here. He was playing at 7.55 right before Ice Spice. Okay. Now, the demographic for Listen In in Adelaide is probably 18 to 22 is probably your biggest market. Yeah. And then you've got everyone else. So do you think that a bunch of 18 to 22 to maybe 25-year-olds are in the mood to listen to someone build 
a live set at eight o'clock at night right before Ice Spice. Okay. To sit there through that artistic journey. It's not like, you know, when you play EDM polished master tracks, it's, you know, it's hitting you in the chest. You're on, you've been drinking, whatever else in that crowd is going around. Um, he wasn't connecting with the audience very well. Yeah, we've got a comment here saying the crowd was filled with Ice Spice fans, right? So they were geared up ready for that. Not- a lot of young people ready for Ice Spice. Yeah. Not ready for Mark to just like sit there and start looping his voice. Interesting. So it started to flip. Yeah. And what he started doing instead is he took the microphone off and just started shoving it into the crowd. And just, yeah, it, it, it was a bad reflection on him, uh, on us, but mm-hmm. I, I think he handled the situation pretty poorly as well between both parties. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't great. And so people were yelling on the mic and he was like, you know, I'm just going to keep doing this for the rest of the show. You guys seem to be enjoying this. You know, people are screaming from the crowd, like, we want Ice Spice, we want Ice Spice, like literally getting this guy oh, no. off. <laughs> um, so it was a train wreck. And he ended up cutting his set short. And then he took to Twitter, those videos, he gave his side of the story. And it was surprisingly mature from him because he took, he, he was understanding, he was like, it's not a bunch of kids. Like, first he acknowledged that the crowd was really young. Yep. And he's like, well, they're just making dumb decisions because they're young. And so that's fair enough. They were ready for something else that wasn't me. Yep. And I couldn't give them what they wanted. Yeah. Then I saw it. I see my, from my view, I would, I would blame, I, I think everyone's at the wrong a bit. I think the crowd, obviously, that's not how you behave. Mark, I think, egged them on by sticking a microphone back yeah. into the crowd. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. But overall, it's the promoter's fault. And this happens a lot. He shouldn't have, he sh- could have been on the bill. That's fine. Don't play him at 8 o'clock before Ice Spice. You should have seen what type of music he makes how that's going to resonate and you should put him on earlier. Mm-hmm. If you wanted him, he's a big draw. That's the thing. He is his socials and stuff. He's got mad yeah, numbers yeah, behind yeah, yeah. him. Super talented. They, they misread what the day is going to look like, the day and the night is going to look like at a music festival. Yeah, yeah. So I think that when I look at it, I think it's their fault primarily. Uh, but then I also look at the other elements and I think it was just bad behavior by everyone. But I'm interested to see your view on it. Yeah, I I know that I when I used to play, because I was the launch patter, there was a few things that needed to happen in order for the show to go well and for the audience to understand why I wasn't playing, you know, like what were those things that had to go well? Well, okay, so for instance, back when I was starting out, Melbourne Bounce was at its peak in popularity, and I was still playing more of the Skrillex, Knife Party, Pendulum-esque type, bro step, dubstep, whatever, right? which was, was definitely translating a lot better in America. But when I was playing club shows in Australia, people were like, oh, we just want to, you know. Where's, where's, the, where's the bounce? Where's the bounce? So the things that had to go well for me in order for the crowd to understand was there needed to be a visual element so they could see my hands. They needed to see a launch pad. So if there wasn't that, I actually had a backup show, right? Okay, that was just USBs? Just USBs. And this is where I sort of had to start learning to DJ because there were multiple times where I, especially with the the first team, the first management crew, the first label, everybody knew that I was very much that, like, this is how you play and if you don't do this, you can't. So there was um, an instance in Miami where I was playing at a pool party and it was for Ultra Records and, you know, it was Dioro, myself, Will Sparks, you know, there was all these big players 
And the tech writer that we sent, which was I'm going to have four launch pads, whatever, they didn't get it and they didn't have enough space on this mini stage next to the pool for any of my gear. And they're like, I'll just play a DJ set. And at that point in time in my career, I did not have a DJ set. So I opted out. I couldn't play. Oh. The other thing is that if I had played, it would have been hard electro dubstep growling music. And we had people from the hotel that weren't anything to do with the winter music conference or the ultra pool party that were just hanging out by the pool. The last thing they wanted to do is have this young Aussie clear out the entire space. Yeah. You have to be versatile as a DJ. Fortunately, by the time Dioro and Will came on to play, it was later in the evening. They could play whatever they wanted. Mm. People were there. Um, Another instance where I felt a little bit out of touch was I was playing an underground trap um, after party for a music festival. I played the music festival, played my style, and then I was playing at this venue that was only known for trap music and I did not have any trap music. So what I, venue was that? I can't remember, remember now. No, but where it was, was it? Sorry? It was in Chicago and I remember yeah. I was absolutely shitting bricks before the set because I was freaking out because, you know, I'm on Ableton, I'm using a launch pad, I have my set list, I don't have a huge room to move and so... Just before the gig, I was starting to put in a couple of trap songs and whatever and whatever. Just owned it. And the crowd were receptive and they loved it. Mm. But boy, that was touch and go because I could have absolutely cleared the venue and that would have looked so poorly on me and it would have looked really badly on the promoter. And the third example was when I was told by a promoter and uh, the tour agency I was with at the time when I was doing Southeast Asia, play hardstyle. Like, just just like full stop, play I, hard style, man. I, uh, I played a set in Taiwan and um, my agent at the time was there and she said, that's not hard enough. You need to go harder. It's like middle of your set? Yeah. Or just like she's heard what you've done or she's something? She's heard what I've done and she heard the set and whatever. And so then I had some bookings in China and then went to Japan. By the time I got to Japan, they were like, okay, we just need to give you a heads up. We had a hard style DJ last weekend. Crowd didn't love it. <sighs> I was like, so now it's switched back. Oh my god! No, I have not prepared. I'm calling. Oh, you've gone the opposite I'm calling way. Cooper on the phone. I'm like, mate, uh, I only brought like again, hideously underprepared because I was so focused on this set with these mm. visuals, this energy, everything. I haven't prepared this set. And he's like, mate, well, you got to. I'm like, I don't have time. The show's in now. I do not have time to build a Melbourne bounce yeah. mixed with Katy Perry set. So I played my set and I skipped all the ridiculously heavy songs and tried to keep it as yeah. middle as possible. It didn't, it, it was okay, but it didn't, it wasn't a hit. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I feel for this guy. When you're a live act and you are set in what you're doing, I agree. Promoter, that's on you. You yeah. have to book these artists for the set times that's going to work with the crowd and the venue. If though you are an international DJ, producer, artist, whatever, you it's need- not any of those things though. Neither was I, but I needed to learn and you learn hard and fast. Yeah. You have to be versatile. Yeah, so I point. now have four hours of sets. Mm -hmm. Only mm -hmm. 45 minutes is really me. The rest is like versatility. And oh, I just thought of one other example where I played a corporate event mm -hmm. where they wanted like an Anna Leno lounge set. I'm like, that's not me. Yeah, but that's the thing. You get labelled as a DJ and they think you can just fill any pocket that they need, you know? So that's, yeah, you know, are you a DJ? Well, or are you an artist? For, for Mark, he's, he's an, not a DJ. He's, he's, an, he's an artist. artist. I, I don't so, think there is one point not his in his life They're where... Not his fault. He has, I don't even know if he'd use record box. You know what I mean? Like he, oh, look, I don't know his writer, but he is a loop station guy. With, right. You know, he probably does, he's got his, um, he's got, he's got his setup. He knows what he's doing. These are the effects that he uses every night. He knows how to build his songs on the go. Uh, it's not like, oh, this is failing. 
I'm going to play top 20 music and keep everyone happy or <laughs> yeah. off, suddenly I play hip hop because yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. the crowd wants. It's like you booked Mark, yeah. you get Mark. That's right. And if the crowd doesn't like it, it's probably a reflection of like the way the show has been planned. Still, terrible behaviour. Yeah, you do have a responsibility to everyone as a public performer, as an artist, to, to still keep some dignity and, and to not take it personally. Sometimes things just don't work out and how you conduct yourself in those instances really is a measure of how far you're going to go in your career. So but, from the crowd's perspective though, listen in, if you didn't know who Mark was and you've just had some like roaring fucking uh, like drum and bass, mm. you got two of the biggest hip-hop artists next yeah. and then you've got Skrillex. It's like you are... Eight o'clock is getting dark. You are ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then suddenly it's like mouth boots and cats, and like yeah. we're just and there's nowhere else to go, right? That's the thing. So, so I reckon his sets everywhere else where it was two stages. Mark yeah, plays yeah, somewhere yeah, late. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. You, yeah, people yeah, yeah. who want to see him go there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it was a trap, and and it's unfortunate, and you just learn from yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it was funny. Some of his sets, I think, it was in Brisbane. He built a song, and it was like "fuck Adelaide." But <laughs> so we got Jeez. burned, and like. <sighs> I get it, I get it, but just overall, a pretty, uh, yeah, a pretty bad combination of things. I'm not surprised that the kids of Adelaide behaved. <laughs> yeah, we're we're an interesting bunch down in Adelaide. All right, yeah. moving on. You had a comment from yeah, someone. Yeah, so a few a few weeks ago, um, someone. Oh, we got a comment we from someone have, on the live stream. We do have a few comments on the live stream. Let's go uh, here. This is a good one. What advice would you give for reading the room beforehand and figure out what the crowd likes without being told? Oh, man. Without being told no. is tough because usually you want the people at the venue being like, this is what we kind of do it, here. I have spent many a time in a green room freaking out being like, oh. With like one ear out in the venue being like, yeah. what the, what's this guy? Two yeah. things will happen. One, you hear all the tracks you're going to play being played and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine now because at the start of my career I was very much relying on other people's tracks. Mm. Whereas you develop as an artist and DJ, you play your own bootlegs, your own remixes and your own originals. So you get to the point where people aren't playing your shit. Yeah. Actually, funny story. Do you remember Phoenix Paul? They had In My Mind with Ivan Goff and um, I think it was Axwell. Maybe. Massive. I'll probably heard it if in I know. In My Mind. Yeah. I'm not seeing the mic. Oh, yeah. yeah. This Massive. is what. Biggest track yeah. they ever had. Yeah. Don't tell me that, someone played that. Yeah. Poor bastards. I went to one of their shows and I can't remember where it is now. I think it was in the States. And their warm-up act started playing it within five to ten minutes towards the end of their set. Oh, and they're like, oh. pull them off. Get them the fuck off. That's our song. That's our headline track. That's that is like why the we're the peak headline. of the... Things of the... not to do as a warm-up act. Don't oh. play the headline song. Anyway, getting back to reading the room. In the green room, I'm listening out and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can't play that track. Damn, I really... You know, that track got released last week. That was a banger. I want to play yeah. that. Um, again, it comes down to experience. But as a DJ, when you read the room depending on where you are in the lineup. If you're the headliner, do whatever the fuck you want. You are the headline, mm. okay? If you are the support DJ, you have an obligation to the headline not to play too heavy. You need yeah. to actually chill the crowd out. And if you are a, uh, you know, highly rotation local DJ that's basically the resident in, in every week, your obligation is to sell drinks, Sorry, no, it's not about you. It's about the venue. Yeah. Your obligation is to warm people up and then actually encourage them because the song sucks to go to the bar and get a drink. Yeah. Go to the toilets before the, the headline comes on. And they are very well trained in that and they understand that because they are part of the club. Yeah. But as the headline, which is... They're where, playing the game. I've been very fortunate that a lot of my gigs has been in the headline. Yeah. 
rotation in venues in Adelaide that I know what to play. Yeah. So I don't Reading have a lot of experience. Is, is but I get I was, I was fortunate enough. I haven't played a ton of gigs, but I know that I get to go do whatever I want, which is a luxury. So most of my sets would be pretty like not completely rehearsed or anything, but I'd be no. like, look, these are my followers. You know what I know you're what doing. I'm going to play. Yeah, yeah. And, and headlines reserve that. So that's where it's actually quite scary for us because sometimes we'll read a room and it's like, this may not work. Mm-hmm. Just own it. Have 20% more energy and fun than the crowd and they'll fucking follow you. All right. Question number two. Uh, hey, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you deal with creative highs and, and lows. I'm in a creative low. At the moment, I can't seem to create anything I'm happy with and it's frustrating, yet I'm still trying to keep up with deadlines and really trying to restart getting daily uploads onto social media. How do you deal with that as professionals? Do you want to go first? Highs and lows. Um, well, I firstly, I'm going to say daily uploads to social media is a, you're going to burn yourself out by doing that unless you're a natural and unless you have all the time in the world. Don't take advice from me because I never do that. Yeah, Take all this advice, <laughs> barely, not, yeah. not artist advice. Um, firstly, that's, yeah, I would probably be trying to achieve two to three posts on social media. Dude, I'd do that a year. Yeah, well, I think that a week, sorry. Actually, two, you, two to three a week. Can I give credit where credit's due? Chief Street is, is posting for us on this podcast. So Chief is the one that's uploading to YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and it's actually been so beneficial for someone like me who has almost like social... Um, media anxiety. Mm. <laughs> I just made that up. But what's been great is it's repurposeful because it's not me pushing me. Yeah. It's our podcast pushing our podcast. I've, I've, since we made the channels, I feel a lot better about sharing our stuff because like you said, I don't have to post it from me all the time. So that's been um, a sa- that's saving grace. But yeah, talking about creative flow. Yeah, so that's, that's the first point I would say is just that I think daily social media posting. I know TikTok wants that, but like just look at who, maybe who you are and where you're at and maybe... Look, if you can figure out, I think I, I know the type of media this guy's making and it is possible to do daily clips. Um, but unless you've got a big bank and you're really preparing, I think if you set that expectation and you fail, you're going to mentally think you're failing when really, if you just said twice, three times a week, I think you could achieve that. I think you'd be happy. Um, create Creativity comes and it goes. I think it's something that everyone understands. There's writer's blocks. There's things like that. So. How do I deal with it? Usually I actually, acknowledging it, stepping away and just coming back to it when it's right and changing my mentality from trying to be super serious and like I'm going to make the best track I've ever made and this is going to be, to just I'm going to sit down for two hours here and whatever comes out, comes out. And if it's good, great. And if it's bad, that's fine because I'm not here to actually make something good. I'm just here to create. And then you'll find if you can try and get into that headspace and you keep going back to it, eventually something will click. Eventually you'll find a sound that you really like. Eventually an arrangement will come through and you're like, or a sample, you, and, and then suddenly you're back in it and you're like, well, at first I made this to have fun, but now I can see where I might be able to use this in the future. And I think you, now you're back into it. It's, it's a mental game, but it's also something that happens to everyone. So I wouldn't be thinking like, oh, you know, how, how am I going through this, it's like, it, it does happen to yeah. a lot of people. I've got a, a little hack for anybody that experiences it. As someone who has experienced it annually for 10 years, what I've done is I've created a private SoundCloud playlist just for me. It's called Rework. So are you revisiting old stuff? Yep. 
Boy, is that inspiring and motivating when you listen to something that you made a really long time ago and you're like, oh, all that needs is this and this and this. And then you find yourself working on it. And it's like baby steps where the majority of the work's been done, you're just polishing. I have a vested interest in getting these tracks done because I announced at the start of this podcast <laughs> that I was going to release three albums. 21 episodes ago. 36 22. songs. And I'm still chipping away. So, you know, I've got to... All right. I'll also use an example of going to the gym. I signed up to the gym and then got massive guilt for not going. And it's not to do with not wanting to or being able to. It's to do with prioritization. And again, it's like I'm a perfectionist, so I'm all or nothing. With music, sometimes the smallest thing like Chief was talking about uh, in another episode, Ableton 11, and how he went in and did all these folders and organized his samples and just sort of got bedded into the software and whatever, which is going to set him up for all his future sessions here at the studio where he can just jump in and he's almost enjoying the software more than he is enjoying the process of making music. There are little things you can do that just sort of float around the edges of being creative that kind of get you re- like prepped and ready for when game's on. And I don't know if you're like me, but every time I get creative, it is at the most inconvenient of times. <laughs> I will be on a plane where I'm like, ah, oh, should I wake this person next to me and get my laptop from overhead mm. or I'll be in the shower or it'll be two o'clock in the morning and I have the best idea. I had a mm. dream I was at a nightclub listening to bangers and I'm like, my head is making <laughs> weapons right now. How do I get this out? Yeah. Next day, gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so true as well, man. Sometimes like well, even today, like I thought I was going to be home and so I thought I had all day. I, I was at the computer before you text me and I was just nowhere. I was going nowhere. Although I was so excited to open up 11 and I've got it all set up. Yeah. Like I just, it wasn't with me. But then, you know, it comes and it goes. It's Absolutely. Just... It, but that's, that's it. Human. It comes and goes. Please don't ever force this shit. It's the same as social media. You have to really dial in what is the reason for making music. And usually it's some form of expression of feeling or experience or talking about past or the future, whatever. Like I won't get too hippie and weird and shit, right? Mm. But it's energy. At the end of the day, it's energy. If you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. Don't fucking worry about it. Like, and deadlines. I'm really interested by the deadlines. Are the deadlines... Self-inflicted or are they actual, like... That's what I mean by the one day a post, one, yeah, one post a day thing. It's like, that's an easy one to fall behind. Yeah. I like some deadlines. When when I had remix deadlines, that was cool because I could at least prioritise, like, okay, I have to have this done. Mm -hmm. But self-imposed deadlines are actually more scary than someone else's. So with the, the remix deadlines, what, what about that process kind of made you enjoy it? Half the work was done. Yeah, that's a good point. Like the vocal's already seen. The vocal's already there. The mix is already pretty wicked. Like what am I going to do to this? Am I going to completely restructure the song or am I just going to do, you know, a little mm. stardust? But the majority of the work in terms of the musicality, the direction, everything was there. The task at hand was to make it my own and it was a joyful experience because mm-hmm. it was all experimentation. There was no right or wrong and it wasn't starting from scratch. Yeah. That's the hardest part most of the time. Is you like, have one week. <laughs> you, find, you find like the most raw sounds and then yeah. you're like, okay, I have to make this sound good in the end. But yep. like you said, if you download some stems, like when I did the remix competition not long ago, like you said, you oh, I just put the tempo up. There you go. <laughs> and then suddenly we're cooking. And it makes sense. And it's, uh, so we've talked about this in other episodes. It's called flow state. Yeah. Getting into flow state is one of the most wonderful sensations you can have as an artist because you're not really acknowledging at the time that, you've got to it, you're just euphoric. It's just happening. You're just enjoying the moment. You find yourself 
turning up your headphones or turning up the monitors and you just, you feel it. Sometimes you get a rush of dopamine and serotonin and you, you feel the hairs on the back of your back tingle and you're just like, wow. And those parts of making music are the, the best and the only reason, in my opinion, for making music. It's not the outcome. It's the actual experience of making it. When you get those moments, they are so bloody special. Then after, you know, mix final 23 and oh. four weeks of scrutinizing the track, yeah. you've lost the love for it and you don't even want to touch it ever again. But you know the point. I, I mean, I reckon you get probably like maybe five fun sessions on a track <laughs> and then it just five? goes. that's generous. Yeah, well, it depends how you, I know you work really fast, so you probably get most of your work out really quickly, whereas it might take me a few a few sessions before I'm I'm in it, but then the final tweaks and stuff take me forever. Yeah. That's, That's when you pass it on to me. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's like even sound, like I'm still oh, figuring out sound. sound. Oh, I'm talking about, oh, that hi-hat, one decibel. Yeah, I find like, you know, my mixes are all right these days. So Your like, mixes I don't... are fine. Actually, can I just say, I've mastered a couple of cheese tracks in the, the past and we said, I think, in one of the episodes, and I'm still going by it, if you yeah. have a track you want me to master for free, do you remember the code word? Uh, from the last episode. No, it was before VOEs. Uh, MSTR, capitals, yeah. MSTR. Comment MSTR, either send me a DM through the, the podcast, so the, the forecast podcast on Instagram, or hit us up in the comments on YouTube and I will master your song for free. Mm. I master Chiefs, sorry, the, the ramble. Will, I master Chiefs stuff because his mixes are so good. Like, so good. I really do absolutely bugger all to your, to your songs. Thanks, Just man. slap on a limiter, that's it. No, nah, I do a little bit more than that, but do you know what I mean? Like your your balancing is incredible. I think you just have an ear for it. Yeah, yeah. You're not trying, right? I, it's just that was the biggest change of like you know. I feel like you have some milestones as you make music, and when I realized what mixing is and how important sound selection is, I was like, okay, well now I can make good enough music that like it's commercial enough mm. to be put on anything and it'll sound good. So yeah, goals. It's a big it's a big skill mixing. I think it gets overlooked sometimes. Well, not really. I think people understand how important it is. Maybe it's harder than I realize. But for me, it's like I think people overthink it. I think there's uh, technicians out there that sort of get caught up in the nuances of of what. Oh, makes yeah, mixing. we've been through that. Before, you no, know, yeah. uh, some people just completely analyze stuff. You know, at the end of the day, when you're cooking in the kitchen, if you didn't get the milligrams perfect, it still tastes good. You know? Some of the best is the home cooking. Some people the are like, you stuff. overcooked it. Some people think you undercooked it. Who gives a fuck? The end day is subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, just going to catch up on some comments here on YouTube. This is awesome to have all these people jumping in. Uh, we do an Enforsonic remastered album or just improved tracks. Okay, so yes. If it yes. ever comes out. <coughs> Sorry. I know. Nah, give me shit because yeah. I need it. I need to, I need to get no. spurred on. Okay, so here's a fun fact. The original weapon was never released until we found it on Spotify. Someone uploaded the original weapon. Did you sort that out? No. And at the time when I signed my deal with Ultra Records, I said to them, look, I haven't cleared the vocal sample. This is a pretty big deal for an emerging artist. I don't think it's a good look to just release this song without clearing the vocal sample. And fuck knows why nobody in my team could do it because it's not that bloody hard. I'm just having a bit yeah, of a rant. Yeah, here. No, like, fuck's sake, get just out. get the sample cleared we put out Weapon 2.0, which was across the board, everybody's opinion, not as good. I completely agree. So what I'm thinking of doing is going, fuck it. I still haven't got the vocal cleared, but come at me. Like, I'll give you a cut. I don't give a shit. Sue mm-hmm. me. I'm thinking of putting out Weapon Original on the album, remastered. See what oh, look, it's a, it's a, when you get into the legalities of it, I 
am totally happy to in the publishing credits and back backing whatever uh, split to that artist what they're due. I have no issues with that. Um, in order to get clearance, though, it's really hard because there's so many different people you have to contact, and it just it's a massive boot loop, and you never get anywhere. Um, anyway, the point of what I'm saying is I am totally willing to give credit, and uh, I think it would be kind of nostalgic to release that song, uh, given that the legalities of what you're allowed to put out. I think it's less than three percent that that vocal, mm. right? So it's a like Kanye West. Listen to all Kanye stuff. He has got so many samples that haven't been cleared because you can get away with it if it's been re recorded or repurposed or retuned or pitched up, pitched down, whatever, I've done enough manipulation to it that it will actually pass. Mm. I just wish I'd known that 10 years ago because it would have been so good to have the original weapon. So getting back to the original question, will you do a Enforcement Remastered? Yes, I will. But the technical ability I have now versus what I had back then, it's night and day. Yeah, far superior. Yeah. How good. We've got people commenting on YouTube. This is this is good fun. And yeah, <laughs> Nick's version, Enforcement Weapon. Absolutely. Um, Taylor's. Right. Where were we at? Uh, you've got a topic for me. I was going to talk about the live show. Yeah, your live show? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we touched on it a bit before with Mark. I think, yeah, a lot of respect for someone who has such a task. The only shows I've had to play is a backpack and a headphone and one, two USBs, a backup if I need it. Mm. I, the easiest job in the world. But for someone who travels with a MacBook, a launch pad, all these connectors, or if you're Mark's case, you've got loop stations. And mm. it, oh, that's such a bigger burden. So much more room for error, man. I'm, um, I'll say it publicly, I'm a bit frustrated because I'm, I'm seeing, you know, Fred again blowing up and he is so musically talented. And I'm like, damn, where did I, where did I miss the boat? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I can do that. I want to do that. I'm willing. I'm ready. I'm able. I've got the experience, whatever. What am I, what am I not doing to, to be able to showcase at that level? So this is not like an attack on Fred again. This is yeah. just an acknowledgement that what he's doing, I would like to do. Yeah. I have done it. Yeah. Why am I not doing it? And I think, is it the responsibility of myself? If I, have I really let myself down and the audience down by not, you know, connecting the dots of this is how you go about getting into live music. This mm -hmm. is how you sustain a career with live performance. Like I'm a little bit lost. Like I know all the things that need to happen in order to get back to playing live shows, but I think I almost need to showcase again. I need to remind the world, which is getting harder and harder now because everybody's got a voice. Everybody's, you know, uploading mm. to social media. What I'm thinking I need to do is I need to clear this studio out, get rid of the couch, whatever. We've got the decks to the side of here. I need to do live streaming to showcase the launch pad again and a set. Mm. The hard thing I'm finding is that I'm getting all these takedown notices every time I do live oh, shows. Because of samples. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I know Twitch. I think you can do it on Twitch now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Not chat. Sure. I think I think things like um, there are other apps like Big O Live, which I used to do a bit of stuff on, which is essentially like a competitor to TikTok, but very much Asian market. Um, yeah, even Instagram, like Meta. They oh, have yeah. Very, no, very, 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 very no good. Yeah, no, Facebook just – I, I had all these live streams just really getting taken TikTok. out. TikTok. So I'm a bit... So I see a lot of DJ sets on TikTok. Well, yeah, maybe I should just do TikTok. TikTok just lets it go most of the time. But well, I don't yeah. know. You can try. Um, well, the clips I've uploaded on the launch pad when we were doing it in the other room were doing well. So I think we. I want to reintroduce it and get some new clips and yeah. see how they go. I've got something to show the world. I'm not I'm not done yet. Mm. Um, it says here, Twitch, you can play copyrighted music, but you can't achieve them. After. Archive them. Oh, bro. sorry, archive them. I need my glasses. Archive them afterwards. 
Yeah, so uh, we had another question too, I think, about archiving this. Um, I'm not sure. I think we're, we're recording like a, a higher quality version of this podcast, mm. talk show, whatever. So you you say that. That'll that'll be the equivalent of the archive. Yeah, um, this, this, this live is going to disappear once we're off. I had an idea too. Um, this is a bit of a segue from the live show, what I was talking about, where you and I would promote tracks we're working on on this show. Mm. The problem is is that once they are commercially released, they have what's called an ISRC. Yeah, and it won't be attached. For those listening in, International Standard Recording Code. It's an uh, inaudible code created by Dither. It's pretty cool little code. That's you added. love geeking out to this stuff. Oh, I do it as a mastering engineer. I put it as a way to... Anyway, that is what, and plus the, uh, the actual audio itself, that's what the... Um, AI uses uh, to, to find copyright. So it's getting harder now to put tracks out because say we showed an unreleased song today and then it gets signed a year later and it goes out on one of the major labels, this show would get taken down. If my track got signed to a major label, I will sacrifice that episode <laughs> like that. Or you see ads appearing on the show and the, the monetization goes to them. to them, which is, I don't really care. Whatever. Honestly. I mean, I think at our point, right, we don't really have much to lose. I was I really lucky. I'm not with this distributor anymore, but I was with a distributor that whitelisted my channel, which enabled me to use the oh. entire catalogue of, of what they had access to, which is a huge, huge amount of music mm. uh, without getting copyright infringement. But then when I left that deal, no longer whitelisted and getting the, the copyright strikes. Um, but getting back to the live show, I would really, really like to get back into live performance, uh, especially on the launch pad. There's just this fine line, and we've touched on it, in the start of this episode where you have an obligation as a DJ to perform to the crowd mm-hmm. and I keep getting put in those scenarios. Yeah, you're not. Verse. Yeah. Fred again. Yeah, being a Do four. you. Yeah. I don't have, I do not have the privilege of being me at the moment other than me not understanding how to push that agenda and to get myself you playing on stage. This is going to sound like Luke. Yeah, good. Go viral. You, like you need the, 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 the online oh, presence. I wish I had it. I think. I think I may have taken a screenshot. Let me have a look. That, that Dead, meme. Dead Mouse just um, put out a – yeah, I've got a screenshot. Dead Mouse did something really interesting. He said um, someone uh, – music by Lucas did a thread and he said, the key to getting signed by a label, be unique but also trendy, forget genres, but also only produce the genre the label likes. Your music Your music is the only thing that dot, 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 dot. And Dead Mouse just comes in and he goes – I respectfully dis- disagree. The more I think about it, the more I'm convinced. It's just hard work and dumb luck. You know what, man? Kind of agree. Hard work and dumb luck. Well, I think for the luck, you need to be putting yourself in positions. So luck, luck, if you break that down, is opportunity and preparation. Yeah, so you have to be prepared. Like if you're not doing anything, you're not going to get lucky. Yeah, I, 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 I see both sides. It's kind of like a package of those things. I, yeah, I actually agree with Deadmau5 on this and I fundamentally disagree. Hard work and dumb luck. Hard work and dumb luck. As, yeah. a, as, as opposed to going, I want to sign to this label, therefore I'll only make the genre that they want and pandering to the needs I, of the label. I think that's Every other day reason. I see a thread on Reddit being like, should I make an alter, like an alias because I'm going to start singing on my songs or, or I'm going to make house instead of dubstep? No, man, just put it out. Well, that's what I've done. It's had varying levels of success, but that's majorly based on the fact that I can't really reach anyone at the moment. Yeah, I think for you to get back to where you want in the live space, your social 
following and your engagement needs to come back up. And that's primarily based on Launchpad, which I'm happy to pursue Mm -hmm. because it is what makes me different. Yeah. you got to use that to your strength, man. There is such a limited amount of people in this world that can do what you do. Thank you. Yeah, and why would you? It's hard. Uh, I am actually working on a secret alias at the moment with a vocalist. We're going to become a duo. We haven't decided on our name yet. Here we go. And the music is very, like it could, <laughs> one of the songs were like, should we send this to Taylor Swift? Oh, I know who you're talking about now. So it, it honestly sounds like Taylor Swift. But then uh, the other music is so cinematic. It's like, oh, this could be on Fifty Shades of Grey. You mm. know, like it's not me. Yeah. But it's yeah. musically me, but it's not M for me. Yeah, it's so like that, this that, other. Yeah, that makes it, that music's trying to serve another purpose. That's not, oh, I'm still launch padding or I'm still trying to play ultra. That's yeah. like yeah, 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 sync yeah. songwriting. Yeah. That, that is a completely different thing. I don't really agree with aliases, but in that circumstance, like that's a different avenue of music. Yep. That's not. Correct. It's different. That's different. not just I'm making a different version of like genre and I'm still using Ableton and all my presets. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This is just I, totally I, different. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like building an audience is hard enough. Why do you want to do it twice? I don't. <laughs> Which is why I've had the idea that our name, our new duo name, is we're actually copying, um, so Sia, Labyrinth and Diplo. Yeah, LSD. Love that. Love their album. So ours is going to be very similar. It'll okay. be M4, this artist. Yeah. And then the third party, which is the, the duo. And every time we release, it will be as emphasized uh, this three, person yeah. and that. With the sort of uh, artistic license then to put all the emphasis on the third, the duo being the flagship. But I haven't floated this past Luke yet. It's still very early days. Terms and conditions apply. Terms and conditions apply. All right, moving on. Um, well, have you, uh, you know what's funny? I actually had that LSD album as a topic to talk about one day. It's so good. I it's actually, so yeah, awesome. I haven't listened to it. <laughs> Dude, well, it's a bit. Shout oh, out to you. I don't want to say this. It's not really dated, but is it old? Yeah, but is it still good? Yes. Is the has sound changed a bit? But it's also so unique that it stands out no matter where, and it hasn't aged poorly. So, but yeah, I, I go listen to it, man. It's fucking awesome, and there's a couple of cool remixes came out of it. See, it's just incredible, and so is Labyrinth. I mean, Diplo is just oh, man. A, a phenomenal I need, talent. I need to reach so out to all see together. I need to ask Yeah, get, get, get linked again. Do you want to come check out the studio? All right. I've got one final thing. Mm-hmm. Should I be worried? Let's have a snack. Have a snack. Okay, so this is a new segment to our followers uh, that we're, we're trying to, we're trying is where Chief brings bizarre food or drink. We got some, we got some, some Pringles kind of. What camera do you hold that up to? Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah? It looks pretty pretty normal. Is that an avocado? Yeah, avocado flavoured. Hang on. Does av- avocado doesn't have a flavour. Like but nature's butter, right? You need to put a lot of salt and pepper on avocado. Okay, sorry. I'll stop. Ooh. Do you want to hear a fun fact? This is smart and interesting and bad for the planet all at once. Little plastic Yo. tray for your chippies. Did you know that I did a television advert for Pringles? <laughs> really? Did it never come out? It came out. Just it came it out. Was only in America. I want to see that. They took it off YouTube because they only had a six-month campaign with that particular packaging. 
All right, so I'll, 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 I'll finish my story. <laughs> big chunk. We had to do things like the whole campaign was I was making entire launchpad video from The Sound of Pringles. So we were recording, popping yeah, the can, percussion. playing the can, crunching the chips. Um, well, here we go. We're about to do one now. Where the fuck's the avocado in that? Tastes like wasabi. I can't taste the avocado. I like it though. Just tastes like oil. <laughs> there is, why is every snack I've gotten, it's like false advertising almost. It barely has the flavor you. it should. That sounds, does that taste like avocado to you? Nah, but it tastes, I mean, it tastes nice. I don't hate it. Do you reckon it's got like a, a really weak wasabi taste? I hate wasabi, so I feel like if I had it, I'd be more against it. I rate it. Pretty good. I like it. I like, I like it. Get I more just of those. Don't really understand where. Man, last last sessions, uh, garlic coffee did not taste like garlic or coffee. Yeah. That, I mean, avocado, man. That's a hard flavor to to put in a chip because avocado really doesn't. I don't think has a has a taste. Yeah, I mean, it's got yeah. Other than Busted the salad dressing, mayonnaise, easy. and pepper and salt that I put on mine. Well, we tried. I'll have to go back to the store and, and get some new stuff and see see what can come out in the next time because I'm out of snacks now. So okay, well, it's your turn as well. You can bring some. It's my turn. All right. So um, just a heads up: this episode is going to go live a bit later because you're leaving us. Yeah, barely. Barely. That, that sounded a lot more dramatic than it is. Hey, clickbait, bro. <laughs> Chief's quitting the podcast. Nah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm going overseas, going to see Donna's family, going to meet them. Great. So, yeah, pretty pretty bloody excited. I'll be away for two weeks. So Enjoy your travels got, away. Yeah, we've, I'm going to try and uh, capture some footage and do some things, so maybe follow me on Instagram. I'm going to try and do some some sort of travel content, but don't hold me against that. And also, this is going to be so delayed that it's going to have happened if I was doing it. So you've already missed out. Nah. Yeah, by the time you listen to this, you're probably flying back. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll be close. I think it'll be the day before. So to our live chat, thank you very much for tuning in. It's been um, really fun. And you will see this version all edited and looking pristine uh, soon. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Next week, uh, no, ignore what I said because <laughs> next week is four weeks away. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And, yeah, I think we'll try and integrate more of a live element uh, in future episodes, mm -hmm. which will then mean that we need to be consistent with our timing so that people in the world can tune in regularly. Uh, but it is a TV show, so that was always the, the progression as to where we're going. We, um, we do plan to, to do more giveaways and announce the winners because we had to pre-record this episode. We haven't actually done the competition yet. We're going to announce the winners next episode of those Ableton USBs and all the goodies and surprises that we've put on that. So we will see you then. Cheers. Bye.